they're they ne- they can't coexist. Mm-hmm. They literally cannot coexist. They're both there, but they cannot. One is going to have rule. Are you going to be governed by your spirit or by your flesh? Hey, I'm Amani, and this is Elijah, and this is the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatus Bros. Diving right into the waters, right here. <laughs> so essentially, we are here to give some sort of Gen Z Bible study, you could say, where we are here as Gen Zers, and we are here to come to you and bring God's word. We are Gen Zers. We were we're, we're told off that we're sleeping, and <laughs> we might just be validating that point right now. But anyways, going into what we were looking at earlier, we're just trying to follow that same call to be fishers of people or what we believe disciples. Simply, you could call us Piscatas Rose. There's a difference between fishing as a lifestyle and fishing as a hobby. And when you're living to be a disciple maker, you're pushing yourself. But when you push yourself so much, sometimes you'll you'll eventually get to that state where you, where you just start doing it. Because what, what what would really happen if we if we were wrong? Nothing. But if we were wrong in the other way, man, what what, what would that life be like? 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 Wow. Every time I press the record button, it seems like all the words I have to say go away. And it's so funny because we literally talked for about 30 minutes or maybe even an hour at this point. And we had a whole podcast worth of like stuff. Like we could have just turned the mic on. And it, it kind of reminds me of the base of this podcast. Like yeah. When we would talk in the car, we would have all these spiritual conversations, and we just talk and talk and talk, and it's like, this is the stuff that people need to hear. Like, this yeah. is the conversations that we need to have, and we can have these more openly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might not talk about, like, specific people or specific situations yeah. on the podcast, but it's very important to have that. But a lot of times, we have a lot of different struggles, which is one thing that we'll be hitting on a lot today. But before we even get into that, I've realized one big dilemma that we have not just as a podcast but as a whole okay we've never really hit on the podcast we've hit on it on the page Mm -hmm. what does piscatas bros mean not like we we know we know what it means Mm -hmm. but we don't know what what does piscata mean (laughs) i guess it's the best way of saying it what does it mean uh it, well, if you actually look at it, pescado is the Spanish word for fish. And we wanted to create a name for being disciple makers, being fishers of men, and fishy dudes did not sound good. We were coming up with a name, and actually uh, we have a picture. I, I found it the other day because we were going through names. This is back almost, almost a year ago now, and we were coming up names, and and so we were saying, and you're like, do you have any ideas? And I'm, I was saying, like, the fishing disciples or the fishy dudes. And, and obviously those sounded horrendous. Um, and then Amani just said, what about pescado? It means fish. So what about we do pescados, bros? And ever since he said that, it, I was like, wow, that actually sounds a lot better than anything else. <laughs> and I think it kind of just gives that look, even if somebody doesn't know, they'll also see our logo and, like, maybe be thinking fish. But mm-hmm. also, like... It just adds that little like mysterious flair to something yeah. you just may never know. But uh, <laughs> as up to this point, it was one of those things like I guess we'll never know. But, uh, <laughs> now you know if you listen to this point, and t- 
to any Spanish-speaking people, I'm aware, I'm aware that pescado means food fish, not the fish that's in the water. Because right. fish in the water is just pez. But, but pez bros didn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, pescado bros is the way to go. And we know that you would know what it meant. Yeah. But <laughs> anyways, I just figured I'd throw that out there. I realized, you know, <laughs> we've just been on here as some mysterious name bros. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, but now we know. if if you prefer us to change the fishy dudes, we could always. No, <laughs> I, I, I veto that right now. No, fishy, fishy dudes. dudes, man. Fishy dudes for life. Yes, fishy dudes. It's a no for me. Oh, it's man. a no. Where's the buzzer at? Where's the buzzer? Be Simon Cowell. Is that that's his right record? Yeah, because I, I know. So. I believe it's, it's a, a, no. I said Caldwell. Oh, it's Cowell. 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 I always say Caldwell. <laughs> You know, like a fish? I, I, I just make things up. I, I just <laughs> oh my fish. Gosh, God. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna get a t-shirt. Fishy dudes for life. That's what we're gonna do. Anyone want a t-shirt? Email us. Well, I'm gonna be Simon Codwell and bump none of that too. But oh getting goodness. into today's topic, it's a topic that you need to understand, not just as a minister or anything, mm-hmm. but just to live your life. This is the biggest struggle, I think, of all. For Christians, and I know we've hit on sin a lot, mm-hmm. and we we hit on where it began as a whole and where it really begins, but we really didn't hit on the struggle of that sin. Mm-hmm. And just starting with Romans, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm about to like mess up. <laughs> yeah, let me. Should I cut it? No, no I'm, I'm not gonna cut it. We 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 gonna be genuine today. So going into Romans seven fourteen. Through 25, it says that we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for I, for what I want to do, I do not do, but I do what I hate. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. And that's a lot of, I do, I don't want to do, I do, I don't want to do. But it's really, it just emphasizes such struggle. So picking back up at 17, it says, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but the sin living in me. For I know what that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin living in me. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a I'm a pause right there before I get into the other stuff. But yeah, it's not we have our, the Holy Spirit living in us when we're saved. Um, but sometimes we still don't really put that sin to death. Yeah, and I, if we don't put that sin to death, it's going to lead us to death. Yeah, because it really is: Are you living spiritually, living carnally? You know, or are you putting those things in God first? Or or and you may be thinking, Hey, I'm putting my spiritual things above. The other things, but it's kind of explaining it here. You know, are you living spiritually or currently? What are you letting actually show and what, and what you're doing? And I, I like the wording that, I mean, this is the NLT translation, but the original translation, just the wording in general of, you know, we talked about evil desires that you have and that your flesh has, but then there's also the desires of your spirit. Like at the end of the day, we don't want to actually do whatever we do. And I have... 
a thing that I kind of thought of recently. It's like, do you really evaluate what you hate? And also, do you evaluate what you love, too? Because yeah. we have all sorts of desires. All sorts of desires. But do we actually evaluate? Do we look? Like, think about it for a moment. Just for a moment. Have you ever truly evaluated your good and bad desires? Do you know what you really want? Do you know what you think you want? Like, because sometimes we think we want something, but it's not actually what we want. Do you know what you don't want? And then evaluate the actions that you do or don't want and where those lead. You know, there's certain sins that you want to keep going to and there's certain things that you want to do in the church. But we need to make sure that our actions align with our faith. And, you know, you have things that you think you love. And there's some things that you think you hate, but when we really evaluate those desires, we can see where those lead. And it's really hard with sin because sin, it's almost everything Mm -hmm. sin related. It's usually flipped of the way that the spirit actually should operate because things with the spirit, you have to have the discipline beforehand before you actually get. And it's a long term thing that you're looking at. Sin is usually short term. You get the gratification, but then you already have, you have to pay the price afterwards and then you really regret it. Mm -hmm. But that's when you have to reevaluate your desires. Where do I actually want to go? What do I want to produce? You're, but a lot of times we just look at the fruit and not what it produces. Yeah. We eat the fruit before we realize the effects. When we actually need to look at the effects. And we may not like those greens. <laughs> like we see the fruit, but yeah. there's also greens over here. Mm-hmm. And it's like the greens, they're healthier and we know they're healthier. But we don't <laughs> want to eat them. But when we eat them and we start to make a habit of eating them. Yeah. Then that's what will produce what we actually want to have. You really have to evaluate what you put in because when we see through our the deception of our evil desires and the deception of temptation and the deception of how good that fruit looks, even looking at the garden, she looked and she saw that it looked good. Yeah. But she knew before that it wasn't good. She mm-hmm. knew what God told her to do. Mm-hmm. So we need to do what we, what we truly desire, which yeah. is not what our evil desires is, but it's what God has. We need to ask God to help us not to just do what we want, but also do what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, in Romans, you know, we're reading 7, 14 through 25, and it actually reminds me of a couple of verses in 1 John, and it talks in, in uh, 1 John chapter 3, 4 through 6, um, everyone who sins is breaking God's law for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. So it says here, you know, that if you're sinning, you're not going to be with God, right? It says, um, if you sin, it's against God's law. It's against what God is. And he came to take away those sins. And if you're in him, you're not sinning. Um, and that just reminds me of like what you were just saying, how we need to evaluate what we hate and what we don't. Because if we do not hate the things of sin, we're allowing those things to take over. And then those things will then make it so it's it, we're not following what God wants, right? Yes, and it brought he brought up God's law in this verse, which mm-hmm. kind of connected to this verse too, because going back to the part where I uh, left off at 21, it says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, there's evil right there with me. For the inner being, I delight in God's law. Mm-hmm. But I see another law 
at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Mm -hmm. What a wretched man I am. (laughs) Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So are we living by God's law in our mm-hmm. spiritual nature, which you yeah. have to try to do? Or yeah. are we living in our sinful and our carnal nature? Like there's two different laws. And I liked where it said, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Because we are born with that sinful car. It's a lot of times it's called a carnal nature, which is referring to the flesh and not spiritual things. And since we have that carnal nature and that inclination with those evil desires yeah. to do what's evil, we're almost automatically running towards that. Yeah. But God, it's through Christ and God's law and the discipline it takes to obey that law. Mm-hmm. It's just, we even find delight in it. We yeah. have to like even in the idea of it, but sometimes our our flesh does not want to do that. No. And, and I love how God understood that. He understands, and when this is written, God understands that we're not going to want to, our flesh isn't going to want to follow those laws. And our desires are not going to always be towards what he wants. But if we work on that and, and we and we try, he, he also knows that we can get to that point. That if we put in the effort because we love God, right? Because any effort we're putting in, we're putting this in to make it to heaven, right? We're putting in the effort to follow his laws and do these things because we want the reward that he can give us, right? So when we decide to do these things and our flesh decides to stand against him, we're breaking that, that you know, breaking that gift that he can give us. Yeah. We're, we're breaking those things that it won't happen if we do that. But God understood that and so in these verses, he's showing us on how to do that. And, and verses we're going to be talking, in, going into where God truly understands all of these things. Yes. And just going into the next verse in Romans 8, 5 through 14, it says, and you'll, you'll notice throughout this whole podcast today, we have a lot of stuff dealing in Romans because Romans, one of the major themes, they were talking to the Romans people. They're not a lot of, a lot of them weren't Jews. Yeah. Uh, but Another thing, too, was they really didn't have a law or anything. Like, they weren't Jewish people. And they also dealt uh, with a lot of different sins. So this, it deals with quite a few things. But one major thing of Romans, is it Rome? Yeah, Rome. (laughs) Romans is sin. So Romans 8, 5 through 14, it says, Those who live according to their flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. And I'm going to stop right there before... I even continue. It says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on flesh's desires. Hmm. What are you living in? Like, it's so hard as a human because our minds are wired almost to, it is wired to do sin, basically. And that's why we must be born again. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I, I was, I've always been this way. I, God made me this way, which he really didn't. Yeah, because yeah. he gave us free will. He did give us free will, but because of the curse that happened at the Garden of Eden, we have a carnal nature. Yeah, but God made an avenue with that by being born again. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter with what you're struggling with now mm-hmm. and how you're living right now, because God, His gift is for you to be born again yeah. and to have His Holy Spirit living inside of you and to be born of the water and of the Spirit. 
But, you know, a lot of times, even if we are born of the spirit, sometimes mm-hmm. our flesh wants to take back over and have our mindsets. Are, is our mindset on what God wants us to do or is it what, what we want to do? Because if it's yeah. set on what we want to do, we'll never succeed in anything spiritually. Absolutely. But just continuing on, it says, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. Mm-hmm. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. If you look at that verse, um, actually, even in the NLT, I, I like the words in the NLT too. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. So it's saying those things and those thoughts, as it said by here, the mind governed by flesh is death. It's saying that when you let those things in your life, it leads to death. There's no, there's no if, ands, or but. If you let these things control the way you live, it will lead to death. But it's not talking about death of your body. It's talking about the death, the death of your spirit, right? It's talking about how it will lead to the demise of your spirit, right? Yeah, so that's why you have to die daily because something is going to die for your sins. And even though mm-hmm. Jesus died and made a way for you to live, you mm-hmm. still have to accept that. Yeah. So if you're going to live in the flesh, the spirit is going to die. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to live in the spirit, the flesh is going to die regardless. Mm-hmm. But if you live in the spirit, you're not going to be governed by that. And your yeah. spirit is going to live on yeah. an eternity and you won't have to experience that second death. Yeah. But we have to live determined. You know, we, you're saved by your faith in God. Yeah. But you have, with, when you have that faith and you believe in God, you're also going to believe in what he says. Yeah. And you're not saved by your works, no. but you are saved through your obedience. Yeah. And it, it says later on that scene, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So it says, if you do that one thing, it leads to death. But if you do the good and you let that govern you there's the spirit lead to life and peace i love that yes there's so much to unpack because we've been reading all these scriptures and we haven't even been able to get through the whole blurb because there's just so much like, oh yeah. like, i have to stop right here yeah. and another thing before we can even go on even further it says that um the mind is governed by that the mind that is governed by the flesh is death but the mind that is governed by the spirit is life and peace a lot of times when you're living your own way and I see this in the world a lot too, which mm-hmm. it's kind of irritating because some people really don't know how to understand or receive this, which mm-hmm. it does talk about in the Bible. Some people who live in sin, which will have a whole podcast on this too. Yeah. Their minds change. Mm-hmm. And that's another topic that we'll hit on a little bit today, but not too much. Yeah. But a lot of times you have your mindset and living your own way. And then you're like, where's God at? Mm. Where's, where's the Holy Spirit that was supposed to be sent? But are you letting God's a gentleman? Like he, he's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. Now you have to experience your own consequences, and His will is still going to be done. Yeah. But are you going to accept His will in your life? Because if we have our mind set on sin, we're going to. It says it's death. Mm-hmm. If your mind is set on the flesh, you're going to be led to death. Sin is death. Is yeah. what it leads to. So if your mind is set on sinning. And you, you know, you, everybody likes the idea of being saved. Like as much mm-hmm. as people talk about hurting and hell, nobody actually wants to go there. Yeah. Nobody actually wants to, nobody in their right Cause, mind cause, yeah. anyway. Because if they truly it. understood what hell was, there's no way they could. Because I think, I think this world builds up a, a certain idea of, of hell and it, and it being like, oh yeah, this cool place to go yeah, or, or something heart, cool but, with rock and roll. Yeah. Music, or some or people like, like, I know we all know who did this. But, like, some people are talking about, I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. And it's just like, 
That, that rule over what? Are get fired? Like yeah. what? Go like I don't, no. Actually, I can't even yeah. say that. Don't go ahead and do that because no. there's nothing to rule over. No, there's nothing. It's it's internal torment, and and it's a scary place in this world when we let something as terrible as hell, and and there's nothing worse. God, the God made two places. He made an eternity of goodness and he made heaven and then the he made the opposite and made an eternity of torment there's it, it's the complete it's the complete opposite and yet they try to make this thing that is so terrible seem so good and and I, and that scares me because when there's not somebody in their life that truly explains the whole concept of hell and what it really is it scares me that there are people in this world that may never know that what it truly is and may think that that's okay and then live that lifestyle of well you know you, and like you said then rule over hell instead of serve god in heaven but really i i what they truly would want to say is i would rather live at the gate of heaven and not be in it but if god would just give me the opportunity to live at the gate instead of hell it would what, what an amazing thing that would be but obviously that's not going to happen you're not going to live outside of heaven and just watch right. you, you will be in hell hell Alvin. <laughs> that was last podcast. Uh, yeah, but 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 you you do not want to live there. It's not going to happen because you can't live at that gate. But you know what? wow, I would love so much to just live at the gate of heaven than be in hell in anything because there is truly nothing in hell that you want. I would rather live there. I'd rather live on the streets. As I heard this one preacher say, I'd rather live on the streets of gold than live in hell and think I'm on top of the world you know yes and, like that's I know it's a complete mistake when you said hell, hell in last podcast yeah yeah but <laughs> it was so funny like it's so funny because some people actually that's what people think hell is it's yeah. hell of them hell they're, they're yeah. not even with the fire and stuff they're like you know but it's just gonna be a big lit party we're gonna no and Another thing, too, for eternity, like, you wouldn't even want to live this life for eternity because people who have it all, they're complaining and they're crying on their Instagrams because things aren't going the way they want it to go. Yeah. But they they cry about things that they want, and they cry about things that they want God to do in their life. And then they ask where God is, but then they don't want to do anything he says because they think he's an evil God, and they think that he's just a God that has rules, when really those aren't rules, they're boundaries, and you're... He set us free to where we're not governed, like we're not, we're not living for the law. But since we have been set free, we have that opportunity to do the law because the law doesn't save us. It protects us to make sure that we are staying in his will. Because if you're not doing that and you're just living, God, Jesus came as an example to show us that we need to live for God first and then live for others. But a lot of people, they don't even live for others. They live for themselves. Yeah. And they, they have a form of like, oh, I give to charity and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're doing it for their own glory. Mm-hmm. They're doing it out of their own flesh. And if you live out of the flesh, you can't even be mad at God because it tells you right here, living at your flesh is going to lead to death. You need to make sure that you have God and that you're living with your mind governed by the spirit because yeah. that is life and peace. And if you're mm-hmm. not, you'll never find it. No matter how many peaceful vacations you have, you'll never find peace. It doesn't matter how yeah. much true, money you have, peace. anything yeah. else, you'll never have that true peace. Mm-hmm. And you just have to get that into um, you have to get that into your cranium. You have yeah. to get that in your mind. Yeah. 
um, and continuing on, uh, and we and we read uh, and. In verse 7, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So it says right here, it says, God, your mind governed by the flesh, it will not follow God's law. It says right here, it does not submit to God's law. It's not possible. It's not possible for your flesh to truly submit to God. If you're living by that. Yes. So those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in in the realm of the spirit. Mm -hmm. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Mm -hmm. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit that lives within you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put the death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Yeah, so it... it, it kind of repeats itself a little bit and and explains itself a lot in there but really what's working in you i mean that, that that's the question i have is what's working in you with that like are you are you letting the flesh take over or are you letting the spirit take over in your life um i i love those verses so much and we can talk about those topics for so long i feel like um but let's go on let's go on to our next verses um and Galatians 5, we're starting in 13 through 26. It's another long passage, but I think it, it goes with what we're talking about today so well. It says in, chap- in verse 13, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so before you even go on in that, that's, that's this is one right of the in. most controversial subjects as living as a Christian. You see these yeah. Christian celebrities, which is almost problematic in itself. Yeah. But you see people who are on the forefront of quote-unquote Christianity, and not everybody lives this way. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But some people, there's such a divide over this topic of having freedom. To do what you want. Because another thing too, you know, I'm going to just bring it up. So I know I saw something recently and this is outrage if you pay attention to the Christian community at all. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Maverick City Music, Chandler Moore, he posted oh, that okay. image. And there's, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're married. The marriage bed is undefined. Yeah, whatever. But- However, the, and it kind of disappointed me, honestly. Now I will say. I will say, I'm not condemning him, and I didn't even really have any much to say about it. I, I just kind of shook my head. It wasn't the wisest thing to post, yeah. but they're married, whatever. You, you do, you but do what you want, I will but, say yeah. that a lot of people, they're like, we. a lot of people who kind of affirm that behavior in the comments, there were some of them I even kind of not looked up to, but kind of respected, and I didn't lose the respect because of how they felt about that issue. Yeah. And I don't think it was right for people to tear people down that you don't know. Yeah. However... Just because you have the freedom to do certain things, you shouldn't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Yeah, it says right here, it says, do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use it, use your freedom to serve one another in love. 
And and it says and the one commandment, son of one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. You have to, and especially like you're saying, these people that have and a, a clout or have this, um, you know, people look at them and, and have this sort of uh, sight where they're held up to a certain standard. And, and maybe it's wrong or right, and and that's a whole other topic on if you should hold people to a standard. It it, it that is the discussion I'm having. But when you have that certain thing. And you're not living to love your neighbor as yourself. There was a lot of hate surrounding that. And everything, and, and from people from our side that may agree with what you and me were saying, they were also doing hate at them. Whereas Christians, I think there's a lot of time and a lot of topics and, and different back and forth where instead of spreading love, we will spread so much hate and arguments and, and we'll do things. And, and, and yes, I don't agree with what they did there and that, but... I don't think anything was resolved right because people would argue on both sides of the thing. They were showing a lot of arguments instead of just showing love. And another thing, too, that I just thought about this, love your neighbor as yourself. This is a huge thing. I know he sent out that apology, and I was like, I don't, I'm not going to act like I'm never going to listen to your music again or anything. But I will say that the quote-unquote apology kind of irritated me <laughs> just because... You know, I, he's going to do what he wants. Like, it's still you, your life, your freedom. It is. However, to have the nerve to talk about love and hate and then not... Like, some people, a lot of people who do this kind of stuff, that's just one recent example, which is the yeah. only reason why I brought that up. Yeah. But I've seen this time and time and time again from people who are and aren't famous. And they always blame the person who's weaker and like, oh, you shouldn't think like that. But how there's scripture talking about if there's certain things, which especially something like that, which I think you would know better than to not post something like that. But even if you didn't know better. Yeah. And to see the response, like, and some people weren't even that hateful. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, if you love your neighbor, it talks about, like, you may not think something's sinful. And you may yeah. not. I don't even think he meant that as sinful. Like, they were having fun. They're married. And they kind of have the freedom to do that now, whether publicly or not, whatever. But to know how that would be interpreted, I think it was pretty obvious how that would be yeah. interpreted. Yeah. And it talks about, the scripture talking about you, it talked mainly about food. Like if you don't feel led to worship on a certain day, but somebody else is convicted about that, or if somebody else is convicted about that, mm -hmm. you'll want to respect it, especially if it's known yeah. that people would be convicted about that. Are you, you know, a lot of people who live more in the freedom, one thing that they like to talk about and even affirm certain people's sinful nature mm -hmm. is to be talking about, oh, love, love, mm -hmm. love. But love, are you even loving if you're not considering how somebody else would feel? Yeah, absolutely. And um, continuing and, and we'll finish this uh, up finish up the verses and we'll probably not go all the way to 26 but we'll finish it up it says but if you are always biting and devouring one another watch out beware of destroying one another 16 so i say let the holy spirit guide our lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, 
quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and the other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will inherit the king, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, and it goes on, but I mean, those are there's a lot of examples of, of things, but it's saying, you know, the flesh is contrary to the spirit. Don't gratify the desires of your flesh because all of these things that it says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God when you let these things in your life. And another thing too, which uh, I think it's good to cut, but one last verse here, yes. it says, but the Holy Spirit produces these fruits in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Yes, I so, love that verse because it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We know we have a song in the kids' ministry, and I help with our kids' ministry at our church, but... Literally, these are these are the things, and we we make it in his love, joy, peace, and we do the hand drive to that song. But these things are simple. We can look at these things, and you can almost, and, and being a Christian, you can make it almost like a something so easy. But these things are not always easy to do, right? These, I mean, the show love and joy and peace and self control. Those are the things you need to do, and sometimes they can be seem so elementary. But if you're not focusing on these things, it's so easy to do the other things. And, and yeah, they maybe show the most worst of them all uh, of the bad things. But it's so easy to get into the other way of life if you're not truly focusing on these fruits. Yes. And I know we talk so, so much about the fruits of the spirits. But this kind of gives you the fruits of sin. These are the fruits of the flesh. Yeah. Did any of that sound good right. to you? But that's what will naturally happen if you're not living yeah. in the spirit. It's important to produce a fruit. When you produce a fruit, you're not the only one consuming of that. The fruit is produced to eat. Yeah. So you need to make sure what, evaluate what fruits are you producing with the lifestyle? And what fruits are you consuming of too? Because it's not just what you're producing, but you're also going to take part of what you have. Are you yeah. living by the spirit or by the flesh? They're, they're, they, ne- they can't coexist. Mm-hmm. They literally cannot coexist they're both there but they cannot one is going to have rule are you going to be governed by your spirit or by your flesh that's really good that's really good i i, I love the fruits of the spirit and we and we talk of i talk about them so much and in, in church and and because i serve in kids ministry and, and they do seem simple but we can make all the things we want but if you're not following those fruits it is so easy to then fall into sin and let sin be what's inside of you instead of letting these fruits grow and, and, and it really does become so simple um, to let these evil things come into your life in Romans 13 11 through 14 and we've, I finally corrected this. For some reason, I like the NLT translation when we're reading this, but for whatever reason, one of them was in NIV, when he, which you heard him mention this earlier. And I was looking like, why is this not <laughs> fixed right? But I got it all fixed now. So in Romans 13, 11, 11, 11, I don't know what I just said, 11 through 14, it says, this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone and the day of salvation will soon be here. 
So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in evil desires. Yeah, because, you know, we can be delivered from sin, but we don't always, we're not always, that we can, we will not. Well, I won't say we will not, but we're not always delivered from that temptation, right? Um, we must flee from these temptations, but when we let, we, we always assume when, when these things, um, when we're freed from sin, we think we're also freed from the temptation of sin. Yes. But God doesn't say that. He actually says the opposite of that. Yes. It says in verse 14, we should not even think about ways to indulge in evil desires. So... Like you mentioned, we could be delivered from sin, but we won't always be delivered from that temptation. And that's why we must flee temptation and not mm-hmm. fight temptation. Because when you start to fight about it, you start to generate a conversation within yourself. Yeah. It describes the devil's, one of the devil's weapons as yeah. a fiery dart. Because it may, it may even hit you, but the point of it is not just to hit and pierce your heart, but to spread. As yeah. If you let that thought fester, that's where we talked about it when sin begins. We don't have time to let that fester. And another thing that's irritated when it comes to sin is some people look at certain people's sins or certain lifestyles of sin. And they see and they can't understand why people still have temptations. Not that they're doing it. But they still have temptations. temptations, The Bible never tells you that you will ever be saved from temptation. Now, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, please uh, deliver us from evil. And lead us not into temptation. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say deliver us from temptation. Yeah, because because sometimes that's not God's will. But we need to be careful when we judge others, like you said, and saying, you know, why are they still dealing with that temptation? We need to be there for those people because, you know, maybe your sin isn't the same. But if you evaluate your life, are you still also being led in some type of temptation towards the things that you've sinned about? Maybe, maybe it's not the same type of temptation. Maybe you've dealt with... Um, thoughts of depression and so maybe you've been delivered from that but maybe sometimes you still have thoughts of doubt you know that's something little where it's not the same as some other sins but maybe you were delivered from that but But you're still tempted tempted with and and, and you may not even realize that as temptation of it but it truly is when you have those thoughts of doubt when you've dealt with something you know when you dealt with depression you have those thoughts that are similar that is temptation of those thoughts and when you're not living in sin Mm-hmm. And you're living by the spirit. You're still going to have to deal with temptation. Now, you, it's important not to set yourself up because there's certain ways where you can put yourself in a situation where yeah. you can be tempted. Yeah. And that's why it's important to have God's law and to obey it because those are the guardrails. That's the wall that's going to keep you from not only keep you from going to sin, but keep sin from getting in in the first place. Yeah. But when those temptations come and they try to get you, mm-hmm. it's important not to reason with it. Don't reason with your evil desires. Yeah. Because it starts in the heart. We talked about it earlier. And it says in that verse, the day of salvation is coming. I feel like that, that last verse, it kind of yeah. like led all these episodes. You just talked to the, this mm-hmm. point. We don't have time to deal with that. God is coming back. Yeah. And we need to be ready. But if we keep dealing with these little petty issues of our flesh, and it's it's yeah. a lot. 
We're not going to be ready for when God comes. We cannot reason with our evil desires. We need to be ready and we need to make sure that we're letting the spirit go. Yeah, you know, when I think about, I was trying to think of a Bible character when we were were writing about this and and deciding to talk about temptation being in. Someone that came to my mind so fast was Samson. Oh, no. Samson literally kept letting things get into his life. He opened his life up so many times to the temptation to get away from what he had. You know, um, Samson had gifts, but he let so many people come into his life. His fiance, um, fiance, fiance, when, when she stood against him and there was this things, but you know, the Delilah just comes into my mind because there were so many instances where he would, she would say, so why won't you just tell me where, where you get your strength? And she would come to him and he'd be like, okay, so this this is the way to get maybe not be strong anymore. And then that thing would happen to him and he'd break out because he lied. And then she'd come to him again and be like, oh, you lied to me. What is it truly? And he, and she he literally tried to kill him. And he, and, and like, I'm thinking, man, you have to know this, right? Like you have to know that she's coming at you and the things that she's asking will it stop you from being strong it happens to you and yet you just keep letting these things happen it, it blows my mind that's one of the most irritating and, it, and it's sad when you read about the bible character samson that is what we think we think of a man that wasn't very smart and and we can easily judge and, and it ended up leading to his demise and and it led to him not being strong. They shaved his head and they plucked out his eyeballs. And But at the end, he redeemed himself and he pushed down the building and, and God used him. But we so easily think of Samson as this muscle guy with no brain, really. <laughs> we may know people that we think of when, when I say the muscle guy with no brain, you may have thought of somebody. But that's kind of what we see is, in Samson is... Well, he was just a dumb person. He, he kept letting these temptations in his life that he should have never let. And that is true. But what are we doing? Are we doing those same things where we let temptation in? We put ourselves in situations where we're letting temptation come in so easily, yet we judge someone like Samson. You know, maybe you're in, you, you have a temptation towards um, certain things and you let that in so easily easily it blows my mind that yes we do judge samson and we're right to judge samson because he was using as an example but i believe god used him as an example yes it may be a little bit ridiculous to us but god used that as a purpose samson's story truly had a purpose yes and there's two things about this god can still he 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 used his anger multiple times to do his will and yeah yeah now, it didn't really end up well for Samson, but it still ended up well for God because it, God's plan is not affected by your free will. Right. But right. the other thing, too, to unpack is as dumb as the things that happened was, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is one of the most irritating stories for me to read because it's like, oh, yeah. there's so, you had you had it set up for you and you set yourself up because you had your mindset on the flesh and what you desire. Your parents were telling you what to do right. Yeah. The people, your law, you had all these boundaries that you ignored. And then not only that, but you progressively got worse and worse. With your fiance alone, she had tempted you, uh, not tempted you, but tried at his wedding. If you don't know the story, mm-hmm. he had a little r- riddle. And if he, he um, if they couldn't figure it out by the end of the wedding, which yeah. is like 10 days because of the way they did things back then. Yeah. Um, or I don't know if it's exactly 10 days, but it but, was yeah. a, a length of days. Yeah. And if they didn't figure it out, and then they had to give him all this stuff. But if he, if they did figure it out, they had to give him a bunch of stuff. And 
he had to give them a bunch of stuff. Yes, which he he ended up having to do that because they threatened his fiance, Mm -hmm. and he for one one thing another thing I don't understand what she did. It's right. like why did why if you had such a strong husband that literally beat up all these things and the joke was literally about a lion that he found and it had honey in its mouth and it, it was something like that he dealt with. Yeah. So the whole premise of that joke alone was based out of his drink too. Yeah. So it it just kind of it irritated me on her side too because it's like if you, you had, had such a strong scared husband, people, yeah, yes. But and, she let her that wife. He should have never been with her because she was a. Thing she was a temptation that uh, he let Phyllis in his life. life. Yeah, yes. she was so a she, temptation he let in his life that he should never have let. Yes, and then he got Delilah. I mean, he he not only messed up, and then he kept doing it. It's like he let these desires keep coming. It wasn't like a one time thing. It kept happening, and he kept letting it happening. That's what blows my mind is that he kept letting it happen. And but, at first, it didn't really have that bad of effect. So yeah. now, another thing, he was done so dirty. Not only did he have to pay that stuff back. He got mad and went away for a little bit, and then when he came back, she married like the best man or whatever. Yeah, she she married some, and he was and he yeah. was angry and burned stuff up and tore stuff up. Yeah. And but the thing was, I mean, God still used it to kind of destroy the Philistines. And yeah, throughout the whole story, the Philistines also were affected by everything he did, but he didn't have to be affected. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, he he had the laws, he had. The opportunity to live by the spirit, and he did a couple times, like listen to God, a couple times. Yeah, and it, it but wasn't it he wasn't living bad. it. No, but he wasn't living that. He, he didn't, didn't have like his control. mind yeah. set on the spirit. He, he had his mindset on what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. no matter what the law said, what, no what, matter what his parents said, no matter what the spiritual leaders in his life had to say or what God said. Yeah. He wanted to do what he wanted to do, and even after seeing where it was leading him, he did not realize. He was letting that sin control his life, and actually, in, in one of the last scriptures we have, this kind of goes with it. In Romans six twelve through fourteen, it says, "Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires." Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I love that. I love that so much. And it does correlate with Samson's life because he did let sin control the way he was living. He kept letting those temptations in. And like we said, he was a servant of God and he did do things for God. But the problem was he kept letting that temptation come in. Because in the Bible it says flee from that temptation. It says flee from these things. And that he kept letting it in. And he kept letting sin in. in the little amounts and then became bigger amounts because, because he thought, oh, it doesn't matter. And it kept going in his mind, it doesn't matter, I'm just going to do what I want. And he so easily got away from those things and from the fruits that we talked about earlier. And the other thing was he didn't listen to the disciplines. They had different disciplines that they had in place to prevent this from happening. But he didn't do that. And because he didn't have any discipline, he didn't have anything to prevent him from giving in to the evil desires and the sinful desires of his flesh anyway. And those desires, as we talked about in the past, lead to sin and those sins lead to death. And the thing is, if you don't have any discipline, if you don't, if you're not trying to obey God's law, you become an instrument for evil to serve sin. Yeah. You think that sin serves you? No, you serve sin. Yeah. That's that's not how it works. And a lot of times we're deceived. The devil is a deceiver. I, he makes it think. He makes you really think 
that the thing controlling you is the thing that you control. Yeah. I actually heard um, from somebody recently, I was having a conversation with them and they said some, some people and they'll live a, live a church life or maybe they're in and out some way, but they have some form of God. They don't truly realize what evil this world has. This world is all about control. We think there's so much acceptance and love in this world and, 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 and we think that sin is pleasurable and sin is pleasurable, but Truly, sin is trying to control you because we think God, and there's a lot of people that say God is, and religion is just controlling you and it wants you to do this and that and, and all these bad things about religion, but truly, sin is going to control your life and sin will so easily pull you in and before you know it, you're serving a master and that master that you're serving is sin. And it's crazy how, how it gets to that, how it gets to, oh my goodness, I was just, I, I can't believe it's gone to where it's at, but it so easily turns into that. Yes. And another thing that really just popped in my mind, a lot of the really good ideas pop into my mind while we do it, because mm-hmm. I think it's just because you get in the conversation. Yeah. But when we were created, we cre- were created from this earth. And as you know, you know, God rules over everything, but Satan is the prince of this world in the sense that. When we are subject to our flesh, we are subject to this world. Yeah. And that's really where our flesh came from. Our spirit came from God. But our flesh came from this world, and that's why it has inclinations to do the evil things Mm. that are going on in this world. And the thing is, the world is so deceptive. And part of the reason why we have such a desire is because it's deceptive. It seems Mm. like, oh, all we do is love, and all we do is accept anything that's not of God. Yeah. That's the thing. They accept anything that's not. And the other thing, too, on top of that, once you start obeying, because that's what you're actually doing, when you are accepted by the world. That's the thing. A lot of people want acceptance, but when you're accepted by the world, you're subject to the world. Yeah. And you think that you're living how you want to live. But really, you can't say this. You can't say that. You can't do this. And even if you're not living for God... You still are subject to the world. And eventually you're going to have to do all the stuff that you don't want to do when you really thought you were living the way you wanted to live. And you're yeah. not. I, I love this. For, I, I love Romans 6. And, and it, it really does kind of wrap up everything we've been talking about today. Because it says, so use your whole body as, and this is halfway through um, uh, verse 13. It says, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right in the glory of God. And verse 14 says, sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. It's saying here, if you put in the work and you use your body as an instrument of God, because you, sin will no longer be your master, because at the end of the day, and the Bible talks about it, you will serve a master. Is your master going to be God? Or is your master going to be things of this world? Is it going to be your flesh or your spirit? What are you going to serve today? Are we living a life that is going to be serving the master of sin or serving God, you know? And and as we talk and we bring everything to being disciple makers, what are we doing today to show others how to live? There's always somebody looking at you. There's always somebody that's watching you. In the Bible, all these stories are written down about people. Somebody was watching them. Somebody was watching them. Who is watching you? And make the decisions you're making today on letting that sin in your life. And obviously, if you let sin in your life, you you can't be the whole reason that someone will fall. 
You're not going to be the only reason they fall because that is a choice they make on their own. But if you are trying to be a disciple maker and you let these sins and these desires in your heart, what are you truly doing? What are you truly being a true disciple maker? You're being a disciple maker. Are you being a disciple maker of God or things of this world? Are you being a disciple maker? <laughs> you made a little sound of your noise on my series trying to listen to this conversation. But, but really, are you letting the world decide on how you're being a disciple maker? Or are you letting God decide on what way you're being a disciple maker? Yes. And on top of that, you have to live your life as a sacrifice. It talks about that mm-hmm. in the Bible because you can disciple all you want. You can go to all these events all you want. But at the end of the day, if you're not living that, you're not being a witness. Yeah. It, that's why you have to live as a disciple mm-hmm. in the intention of having God on your mind because you have to live as an example. Um, and even, you know, we have this podcast aimed towards young people. And in Timothy, it talks about to let nobody despise your youth. It doesn't matter your age, but to be an example of the believers and to the believers in the way that you live and your word and your conversation and your purity and your faith and your spirit and all that. I remember I remember that verse we had yes. to learn as kids. Yes. But it, and I didn't say that completely right. No, but, but it's in the way that, that you live. That. Yes. The way you live matters so much. And another thing, too, since we have the truth, it talks about people who don't have the truth. They're deceived and they go into deception. Mm -hmm. There's such a big deception of this world about servanthood. Mm -hmm. We talked about we brought it up earlier and the freedom and servanthood. They're both used as deception for people who are in church. They use that freedom to do sin. But that means that sin is just living within them. Mm -hmm. You can't use that freedom to sin. You have freedom to do a couple things, but you're not free to sin. Yeah. However, on the flip side, if you're not having a quote unquote Christian view, they see you as a servant. They see you as somebody who's forced to do certain things. But real in reality, that those laws and those rules aren't even just rules, they're protections. And we have freedom, but we also have freedom through God. Yeah. Versus them, they want to take the freedom out of ours and place it into them. You're, you have to serve something. We yeah. are wired to serve something. Yeah. And that's why when you indulge in certain sense, you become addicted to whatever sin. And you, some, it's way more obvious than others. But there's a deception of servanthood that a lot of us have. And if the way we live reflects that deception, because if we are living a life of a disciple maker and we're living in the spirit, we're serving God and we have freedom to do so. Mm-hmm. But if we are just indulging in all of our evil desires and we're just indulging in whatever, we are really eventually going to be taken over by that. And we're going to eventually start doing what we don't want to do. Yeah. What what we talked about. It's such a big deception. People don't realize that what they, the way they live and the things that they do, your freedom is not a freedom license to sin, but the people who don't look at the Bible as any sort of authority, they see you have to serve something. You have to serve something too. Yeah. So really evaluate what you do. Mm. Evaluate the way you live. And if you have a chance, read the book of Romans. It's not that long of a no, read. It's, it's really powerful. I love the book of Romans. And it deals, so much great stuff in there. And it deals heavily with sin. And that's something that everybody struggles with in one way or another. However, just because you struggle with it doesn't mean that you have to live in it. And it doesn't mean it has to live inside of you. Yeah. You could be delivered from that sin through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But you have to make sure, just evaluate, just sit down, take a moment right now, think, 
what desires do you have for one? And then how do your actions reflect that? And two, the things that you are doing right now and the way you are living and what's, what is dwelling inside of you. Yeah. Think about that. Think about the effect that that sin has on you. And are you actually doing what you want to do? Or are you thinking that you're getting what you want, but in reality, you're enslaved? Look at that. We just want to take a moment right now and say thank you so much for listening to the podcast to this point. I pray that you take all the things that we talked about today and don't just take our word for it. Apply this, yeah. but read yourself. Read, yeah, study for yourself. That's ever, and every, study anything, yourself we say, anything we say in this podcast, please do the study yourself. We want that. We want this to open up conversations that you can have with your friends, open up ideas that you can apply to your life. Yes, and we're not some theology professors yeah. or anything. In fact, I haven't taken any of it. I just read the Bible yeah. and try to help people because that's what we, you don't have to have a degree to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. But... I'm not saying that everything we say is going to be right. Yeah. That's why it's your job. Because our job as Christians and as disciples is to reach out to people mm-hmm. and to be subject to the Spirit. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm not claiming that everything I'm right. I'm claiming yeah. that the Bible is right. Yeah. And so we, you and we want don't to just be take disciple makers and, and you go out and be disciple makers and, and maybe not, don't tell, show people the podcast and that'd be great and we love the support and, and expanding the podcast but you go and Get your own ideas about these topics and, and you study the Bible and get true word from God and bring that to your friends, bring that to people you know so you can become a disciple maker. Don't too. just don't just get the knowledge that we present. Mm-hmm. Get the understanding yourself. We try to help you, but you have to decide to get the understanding. We can give you all the knowledge that you want, but are you going to understand? Are you gonna apply it? That's what I encourage you to do. Read the book of Romans. And if this really helped you and if this affected you in any way please feel free to share this and give us any feedback and we will see you or you will hear us yes should i say in our next podcast thank you and have a wonderful blessed day